0: Welcome to the High Performance Gym, the personal and business development podcast for health coaches and personal trainers. My name is Key Witherspoon, former personal trainer and gym owner, turned high performance coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help coaches develop their entrepreneurial qualities and the business to create a freedom-focused lifestyle. I believe we all have a uniqueness that we need to unleash to achieve this and this is your genius. Each week, I'll be bringing you an inspiring person or message to help you perform at a higher level so you can become a confident and resilient coach to build the business of your dreams. So thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to the High Performance Gym Podcast. So today on today's guest, we have David Wilkinson, so former personal trainer, gym owner, and now performance coach for business leaders. So welcome to the show, David. Hello,
1: my friend. Thank you for having me. And uh, for the second time, mate, yeah.
0: Yeah, for the second time. So if anybody has just listening to this now, we actually did an interview with David. It was back in February, wasn't it? Yeah, mate, it
1: will have been. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, And with that interview, David went deep into his experience as a personal trainer in gym owner. Um, You know, it it is really worth going back and listening to and and listening to his development. This podcast, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more about helping trainers and coaches and developing on, on their journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what it's going to be about. Uh, but I'm going to apologize in advance because I've had COVID kind of four or five weeks ago. And when I start talking, I get a little bit tight in the chest and I might have to cough and go to one side and grab my water. So I'm not being ignorant. And anybody who's listening in, if you hear a little bit of a cough, sorry if it hurts your ears. It's just, <laughs> I can't help it. Just what makes it real, mate? It makes it, it real, looks, real, it doesn't it. make it real, but I might get through it and, and it might be cool. Um, so yeah, so welcome to the podcast, and David. So, yep. so what give us a little background of where you are at now, then just a little bit of brief so we can kind of, we, we can see you, we can see where David's at, what he's doing, and then where I'm we'll, where at now, yeah, just a little easy? bit of.
1: Yeah, so basically right now, like you kind of touched on there, I'm a performance coach. I would say like performance and mindset coach. And that is where my business is at. And a lot of that business is done online. So I work with clients remotely. I work with businesses and organizations remotely as well. Um, A lot of that to do with the COVID situation, but also because I also live in Spain now as well. And so a lot of my clients are in the UK. Um, but again, I'm looking to kind of evolve that a little bit and have some face-to-face because I think it's always a good thing to have. Um, so my business operates in that manner. Um, yeah. And I live in Spain. I'm getting married on the 1st of September. Fingers crossed that it goes ahead this time because it's been delayed since last year because of the COVID situation.
0: Um, yeah. So when were you getting married last year? The man was that? April 25th. Was that in this country or was that in Spain? Spain as well. Spain as well. Yeah,
1: so we were due to get married in uh, in Spain, twenty fifth of April last year. Obviously, it got delayed. I think we moved it to the August, um, thinking it's only be a few months this, and lo and behold, it isn't. So it's still ongoing, and then it got moved to the June of this year. But be, a lot of people from the UK, family and friends, are going to obviously come out. But you were still in a like a bit of a restrictional lockdown then, and now obviously things have moved forward. Now it's not great but it's a it's a little bit
0: of a better time now so yeah,
1: four the times what we
0: force charm <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true that's true but the main thing is you get married at the end of the day isn't it that's it exactly exactly man that's what it's all about but your your fiance helen lee she's actually um she's a business owner as well isn't she she's an entrepreneur
1: she is yeah she has her own business um She's involved in uh, styling. She has a business online, a shopping place online and with a website. She uh, works with clients um, remotely and face-to-face. And funny enough, she was also in the fitness industry, which is actually how you kind of know back back from then. And we also ran a business together as well. So,
0: yeah,
1: our paths have crossed quite a bit
0: there have and I think I think that's what's amazing thing about when people really get into what they're doing because when they start getting into what they're doing they start finding themselves more don't and they start developing to different avenues um mm-hmm. and explore different things what interests I mean, you're still in the I would still say you're still in the you're kind of in the health wealth game on you? you want to help people earn more money because in the, in the business but you still want to help them get better in the health mental health physical health is would I be right in saying that?
1: Yes, I suppose so. So what people will usually come to me for is people have some form of challenge or issue, whether or not that's the career, business, relationships, life, they're not where they want to be, maybe they don't have purpose, maybe they're not getting the results they want. And that there for me is always like a little access entry point into actually going deeper into discovering the limiting beliefs and subconscious narratives that that person holds not only about themselves, but their life and their world that they live in. And so basically I help them re-see that and reshape that because at the end of the day, if we take a business owner, for example, um, it's all about optimizing performance. So they wanna be more productive, they wanna achieve more results, they wanna be a greater leader or better entrepreneur. Well, that takes more than just changing your habits and behaviors. It's about getting underneath of, like under the skin of it basically, which is interesting because when I was in the health and fitness industry, That's what it was about, changing habits and behaviours. But you realise that it's not quite enough. And so this took me on this deeper journey and a segue towards what I do now. Is health still important? Absolutely. You know, you work with CEOs, leaders, being healthier mentally and physically and emotionally is key. But there's a lot behind all of that, which if we get a chance to touch on, I think will be good as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such an important discussion and um it's definitely where we're kind of headed with it because i mm-hmm. want that to i want anybody listening to can see the development and and why you know as a personal trainer going into it you probably have a different mindset to what you did mm-hmm. when you were 21 you went in at 21 didn't you and yeah how old are you now david 26 30, 30 26 i'm 36 on tuesday man 36 or oh, happy birthday for tuesday thanks man so so you know, you've been in it now for like 15 years so you you've experienced a lot and i think this is really important that yeah when coaches trainers are looking into it they can see someone else's development and how they've gone and is the necessary journey to get where you're at and you know yeah. for the next 15 years you'll develop even more and i think that's really important yeah. so if yeah. you just if you could just give us a little bit of a background check kind of where you started you know where mm-hmm. where you kind of started and, and where you are now how that journey looked from okay. where you started to where you are now
1: yeah, so we'll just go through like like quickly through it and then if you want to pick any bits up we can yeah, talk. Just, about it.
0: just just so someone anyone listening can visualize where you started and where you're at now and go ah,
1: that makes yeah. sense. So, after after school I started college and I went to new college in Durham and I did sports science. And on that qualification you tried lots of different things around anatomy, nutrition, uh psychology, etc. And one of the things one modules which is additional was gym instructing. And so I took on that module and did it and really enjoyed it. And I was like, I'd love to be a personal trainer. So by the time I was 18, I was like, that's my sights is I want to be a personal trainer. I don't want to go to university after this. That's what I want to do. So one of the things that I I, next stage was like getting a job working in a gym or at least being in that environment. So I did a couple of little part time jobs in local gyms. Then I eventually got taken on by um, Married Hotel chain. So I worked in the leisure club in Durham. And so I worked there and, and that was like Jim Instructing, like pool lifeguard. Basically, you were a glorified cleaner, mate. Let's put it that way, right? I think but, we've, all been, we? <laughs> we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there, scrubbing them saunas out in showers. I've done all that stuff, do you know what I mean? But one of the big things and key points with that was they were like, we'll pay to do your personal trainer qualification. And at the time, I was going to do it as an apprenticeship. So I could do a year-long study qualification and work full-time and earn money. So my assessor would come in to the leisure club. I'd do all the modules, do my homework, get assessed in the gym. And that was a really good way for me to do it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So by the time you're talking 2006, I believe I was qualified and start training people in 2006, one-to-one in the gym. Gym instructor before, personal training, that was the first taste of that. From that point on, I grew a, 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 quite an okay personal training business just by getting clients. I mean, you've got no Facebook and that then, mate. You know, you've got no social media. And that's like, yeah. And posters up in the gym and stuff like that. And like people would come like and train and then they would tell their friends and it was a really... Really, like, green, fresh way of doing it, you know, and very exciting. I remember the time being great. And then I left, closed the business down, went traveling around the world, went to different countries. And then when I was in Australia, um, spent a little time there, and I started to teach some outdoor boot camp for this guy. We only did it for, like, a month, but it was like, oh, this was quite interesting. I was outside teaching these boot camps and stuff, and I was like, this could be interesting. So when I come back to the U.K., I was like, this might be something that I might want to do. So the back end of 2008, going into 2009, I got a job in a gym, but then I also set up some boot camps. And I set up my first boot camp in South Shields. And the reason I set that up in South Shields for was because through that segue of those for years, I used to teach a fitness class there in Temple Park Leisure Centre. I did a boxer size class, which was a very, very big, popular class. I took it over from a, from a friend of mine, and then I started doing that so I could almost had a, a captive audience there to create this boot camp. And that's just how it rolled on. And then I opened up other locations. I opened up one in Durham. We had one in Sunderland. Um, then me and Helen Lee, when we got together, we ended up having one at Wynyard Park. And we started, like, doing this. And I was, like, had these, like, five boot camps locations. And, again, decent one-to-one. But that was the time, mate, where I was working. Well, I'd be starting the first bootcamp at 6.30 in the morning. And the last bootcamp session or some PTs finishing 8, 9 at night. And then, you know this thing, it's like splits in the morning, is morning work, a little bit time off after, the afternoon, do a bit of admin stuff, maybe do some bits of Bob's marketing, then back in on the night time. And I was doing that five days a week and then working on a Saturday morning. And I think that was a time where I was making good money, but I was like, I can't continue this cycle this way. And so after that time period, which was the transition was 2011 going to 2012, me and my fiancé, Helene, now, obviously we're we're boyfriend and girlfriend, if you want to put that term on it then. And we were like, why don't we do, because she had her own business um who comes to why don't we open a gym I'd always wanted to like a, a personal training studio I was like yeah let's do that that sounds a great I would I'd always wanted to and I was like I need to level this up just train people outside is great but there's a limit I can't get them the next level of results that I want to get them plus I'm driving to all these five locations I just really want to be in one place, cut down the travel time and start advancing the, what the support the clients were getting. So we opened up our first small train studio in Durham, and then over time, grew that and grew that out. Um, by the end of 2016, we basically, um, I'd walked away from that studio, only gone into another career, and then I'd start to do, do things part time and start winding that career down whilst i start learning and training to be a performance coach and fill my gaps in and that's where i am today so i'll kind of just give you like a th- 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 quick version of it but that's the journey
0: so when you when you were doing your boot camps does mm-hmm. anyone paint a little bit of context in this i remember sort of when i first got into it it was again it was probably about 2009 2010 when i was at university now back then there wasn't a lot of outside bootcamps was that was it was something that was relatively new. Yes. Now it's absolutely saturated. I mean it's mm-hmm. a completely different world to what mm-hmm. it was back then. How easy was it to get people on your bootcamp then?
1: Like that. Yeah. Easy. I mean we were selling outdoor bootcamp for like 90 to 100 pound a month. You know, three sessions a week, basic nutrition, but it was amazing at the same time it was unique it was different people had never done it before people were coming in and like this is something they've never had because you you're combining personal training and that coaching element with a group atmosphere it was very new at the time and that market really did start getting saturated by end of 11 early 12 like it really started to change and that was like i mean i know people from back then who are still doing it now amazing to them but for us, it was like moving forward. But yeah, it was very easy to do that at that time. You could we could put a status up on Facebook and you could fill your camp. That's what it was like.
0: Yeah, and that's it. I mean, how many how how many people did you have on on a regular like on, on a typical boot camp? How many people do you have on that? About between twenty and thirty, depending on the session, and that was kind of standard. That was standard like
1: South Shields was probably the biggest one that I had. You'd, you'd regularly hit between that, maybe it's Durham 15 to 20, but sometimes, depending on the start of the year, you might have like 30 to 40 people on Do you know what I mean? If it was like you know, you know, January, February, or you know, September, October, they would be quite popular times. So, yeah, you'd regularly have that.
0: So, what were you, what was your when you first went in what was your expectations of being a personal trainer what was what did you expect and did it kind of did not meet your expectations when you first went i know for me it 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 kind of didn't and it didn't like i was expecting just to go and be yes i'm gonna put i'm a personal trainer i'm gonna get loads of clients that type of thing and and although I, i got into it at a good time and it wasn't hard to get clients it still wasn't You still had to put the work in, you know, you still had Mm -hmm. to advertise, you still had to do the business side of stuff, which you're not taught on a personal Mm -hmm. training qualification. You know, you taught all the anatomy and the physiology and everything Mm -hmm. else, but then you kind of left by yourself and and you're kind of like, right. Mm -hmm. Where do I go from here? What was your expectations and did it meet your expectations? I think I did
1: at the beginning because I never really was... It's corny sounds. I never got into it for the money at the beginning part of it. I got into it because I really loved it, and I loved health and fitness, and I loved being with people. and I loved coaching people. That was always my biggest thing. And I remember the first time somebody paid me like thirty pound for an hour, and I was like thirty pound an hour. Like you're like, where? And it's like, yeah, if you if you work like fifty hours a week, you're like, it, this is good money. This. I remember that first feeling. And I was like, so yes, in it, it, it probably. I probably didn't i just wanted to get in for the love of it at the beginning part of it and that and i think that i i experienced that it was the journey through that that changed the way that i was operating and being that took that away from me or I let it go from me that makes
0: sense mm-hmm. no no absolutely um So, what problems did you run into? What was the biggest problems that you had? I mean, across the board, you know, we know that you kind of started off just doing like your boot camps, and that transitioned to opening a gym. Yeah. What were the biggest problems that you hit in general?
1: Um, I guess, (laughs) funny enough, I don't think I ever really had any problems until I opened the gym, and that's the truth of it. I always look back at those times. Apart from the intense work schedule, which was just unsustainable. I bet basically was burning myself out that one I was telling you six, six thirty 30 in the morning till nine at night, that, that didn't work. So if that, that was a big challenge for me, but actually as a business perspective, there was never a challenge really until I started running the gym. And then that's when I started facing more and more um, obstacles because probably I, I, when I opened the gym, I thought, this is me now for set life this is what i want to do this is what i want to grow i had no thoughts about ever coming away from
0: it so did you see that as like a natural progression i know for me like i did have I, mm. like online for me i mean when i opened my mind back in 2015 i didn't know much about online um i used to do various bits um but to me that natural progression was like if i want to make a business out of this then i either have to do something like where you've got trainers doing a bootcamp for you. Mm-hmm. Know, where you're kind of running the show and you have mm-hmm. trainers come in and run your boot camps or you open a gym and i think for most people the natural progression is opening a facility would you agree with that
1: yes it becomes it becomes it though doesn't it and you and what you do is you're around people and you see people also doing it and i think there is almost a sense of i need to level up here and to level up means gym you know that's where it comes down to
0: yeah absolutely so what's what was your thoughts going into that then? So you're going from no overheads, like literally, kind of <laughs> <you're> running, <there's, laughs> you've got your you've got your car and you've got your your, your transport yeah. getting there. And I had some trainers as well. I had some
1: trainers that was paying the cover sessions as well, obviously. But that's you know that is what it is. So
0: they're, they're the only overheads. So what was it like doing that, making that transition?
1: At first, amazing, exciting, like such like this is it, like I've arrived. He's the next stage, you know, like all this great intention of creating a facility that was going to produce a service that was going to be changed the way people exercised and lived in in that way. I I was dead set for it massively. So that was, I just had high hopes and expectations. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) He's a reality.
0: (laughs) So what would you what would you do then um what would you do what, so much what would you do differently because I, I do believe everything that we do in life is it, it takes us to where we're at um but if you were given some so the opportunities that are available now you mm-hmm. know across the i mean the opportunities for people now would come you know massive compared to what they were mm-hmm. what what would you say to someone who wanted that next level like who had done maybe the boot camps or they've been in a gym and they were self-employed. Now I see the two, the difference between self-employment and business is completely different. Yes. What would you say to someone who wanted to say, look, I've, you know, I've maxed my diary out and I'm sick of working all these hours. I need that next level. I need to then do business. What would you advise them to do if they asked the, you? What?
1: Put their prices up and drop their hours. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd like, look, right. So when you, you sent you, you messaged me didn't you before the, the podcast and, and was talking about a few things i thought about it this morning i was like what would i say and like the, the thing with the facility and the challenge that i got stuck in now let say i'm only going to say this from my perspective because i can't say this for anybody else but it becomes about your ego not about the facility so what i mean by that is for me it was like i have to have that next level I, I have to be seen to go to that point. i have to feed this this part of me that wants to show everybody that I am this, that I am successful, that I'm good at what I do, and that not only cascade from the opening of that, but the the the, the extending of it all the time, the reinvestment, they're getting bigger, they're doubling and tripling the overheads. That was ego. Had nothing to do with like was it the right thing to do or the smart move to make? It obviously wasn't. And what I feel like a lot of people don't recognize is they never sit and really investigate why. Why do you need that? Yeah. What, what, like you, like more, we live in a society and culture where more is better or we think it is. And knowing what I know now, I know that it's not, And so if I knew what I knew now, would I open that facility? No, I wouldn't. What is true is, you said it before, we have to go through that journey. So it was part of my journey to maybe have to go through that pain and mistakes and all of the good things that and all the negative that comes with it to learn to come out the other side. But I tell you now, if I could go back again, I would not open one. That is the truth.
0: Honest, honest you will only get honest with me. Man. <laughs> it's, it's But again, it comes down to that purpose, doesn't it? It's, it's, you know, some people, you know, the, the, all they've ever wanted to do was open a facility. And that is the biggest dream for them to do that. Um, you know, yeah. for people, it's just like you say, it's probably more to do with ego than it is to actually achieve something. I think it all comes back down to that why. And like what right. you said, it's, it's so important. This is, I, all my clients, this is what I start with. It's like, forget about the strategies, forget about everything else. Like, just start with, think, why are you doing this? What What do you want out of it for yourself and for your family? What do you want? What's that lifestyle like? What do you want to create? Mm-hmm. Then you can start building out from there, what is your mission? Mm-hmm. What, why are you doing it? What, what kind of results do you want to get with your clients? Why do you want to work with them? Yeah. Because- well, we, kept, we talked about it, didn't we, once? And we were, like, talking about,
1: like, how to start with what you want to experience in your life first. And then... Like kind of what like you said, what do you want for your family, what do you want your life to look like? Where do you live? What do you do? What is the experience you have? And then how do you create a business that serves that? I'm telling you, like, look, this is not black and white for everybody because people do. But if you want to make money, I don't think opening a gym is the way to do it. There's very few people who will run a gym who will actually make money just off that gym. They'll be making money telling people how to run gyms or making money on online programs or books, or maybe they've got like, it's a gym gym where you're selling memberships and people just come in to train and you're hiring it out to other people. But a training facility to make bank on that. I was making more running boot camps in my small one-to-one business than I ever made in my own gym. Yes. Gross turnover was way more in the facility. Or profit in my back pocket, I was earning a lot more without having that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. It has to be it has to be something that you want for a particular purpose. And it's like do you know what, yeah. like, I don't even care if this if this doesn't even make a lot of money. Like I want it because this is why I want to create a place where people can come and you've got that desire. And then again, you have different assets, you have different ways of creating revenue. And this is again, you know, like online, you go online. Maybe you have like what I do. I do an online course. I encourage coaches do have an online course because i think that is the best way to scale you know it means you 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 create this course that's just about you sorry about getting that result for that particular client you have that and then you know you want to do one-to-ones or whatever you want to do on the side of that that's cool it means you have but you've got that freedom to do what what you want to do and have a scalable way to make money and that is that's so important you've got to have that desire don't you you've got to have that passion to to want that Understand that facility is gonna drain a lot of your time. It's gonna yeah. drain all of your money.
1: Yeah, it's gonna drain all your money. And here's an all- also thing as well. Okay, I don't know how you felt about, but I got into the game to be a coach, right? Which is why I'm a coach now, because it's always been what I've desired, it's always been what I like. Now a coach obviously very differently now than what I did then, very different um mindset and objectives and and structure, but it you kind of think like what, what happened was you end up being a coach and then somebody says, or you read somewhere that you need to be a business owner and then you become a business owner. And with that mentality, which is a great experience to run a business, like we said, there's a difference between self-employed and being a physical business owner with staff overheads, all the other bits and bobs. I was no longer a coach. I was no longer doing the thing that I enjoyed and wanted I was too fatigued and tired to coach people so busy trying to run a business and get all these things in and, you know, develop a team that I lost the sight of what I actually enjoyed in the first place. So if anybody is listening to this and they are like, I love coaching people, then make sure you keep doing that because being a business owner takes that, that becomes the focus and there's nothing wrong with that, but if you love the coaching, you will start outsourcing the coaching to other people who you then have to start
0: paying. And you think you're going to make more bank, and you don't always, it doesn't always come back to you that way. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd, I'd agree. I think if you want to be a coach and you have to develop a coaching business, you know, whether that's in self employed or whether you are creating like a business. But if, if you start bringing facilities into it, then if you start bringing like more offline stuff then there's a lot of you have to think a little bit differently mm-hmm. if you're online it's different because again you can just create that online asset which then you mm-hmm. you systemize which and that's what a business is you systemize you have systems that work and you could bring somebody into it and it would they could run your systems and your business still operates without you that's the way i see a business you can step out of the business and you don't need to be there Mm-hmm. essentially so if you had like you know your online courses or whatever it is where you can get people in uh, you mm-hmm. can have people run that or it's all automated or you um outsource the work you know that's that's a big thing what on, online coaches are doing now They They're outsourcing mm-hmm. all of the work you know there's like upwork and there's fiverr and there's all these different mm-hmm. places you can get you know vas who can essentially run your business for you and then you're free to do whatever you want to do whether that is coaching or whether mm-hmm. that is marketing or whatever you Find that you enjoy, I think that is the biggest part of it. Is it it, what do you enjoy? What gives you that biggest sense of purpose? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the biggest sense of fulfillment at at the end of the day, you need to be fulfilled by what you do, and whether or not that's online, offline, PT, boot camp, training facility manager, it doesn't really matter as long as you're like fulfilled. But I, I, like, for me, like, I lost sight of what was making me fulfilled resulting in me not feeling fulfilled anymore. And I think it's very important for coaches and PTs to just keep an eye on that. It's not always about leveling up or scaling up. To what though? Like, like to, to what end? Because, because you, you think you should. That's not the right reasons. taken to serve more people, to reach a larger audience, to make more of an impact, to be more of service and contribute more to the world, that is much more important, and how you can do that? Well, that's up to you. If you're massively serving your local area because you've got a great training facility, well done. If you're serving further afield because you've got a fantastic online product, amazing. But remember what you're doing it for, how it fulfils you, and I guess how it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at all the big coaches of the world, look at like Tony Robbins, for example. You know, Brendan Bouchard. Brendan you look at these guys, and and. I mean, a lot of coaches maybe look at them and think, oh, they've got their, they, they have like a mass turnover, like 10, 20, 30 million pound a year, probably even more. I don't know exactly what the turnover, over, but they no. didn't start off there. Yes, no. now they have these businesses where they have different assets. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, Brendan Bouchard often says how, it's easy, how easy it is to get 300 people on an online course for $500 a month. It's like, geez, right? <laughs> you, you can't start off there. You've got to start off loving coaching. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. You've got to start off being like loving what you're doing and then over time gradually building that out. And that mm-hmm. is always keeping an eye on okay, we well, how could I free up some more time? I need to create this asset, but it's actually yeah. going to serve my clients better because of this reason. Always putting that client first and think, well, how can I serve them better? But at the same time get what I want, whether that's more time or more money. I think that should always be a forefront of what you're doing. Because you know, you probably agree with this as a business as, as a gym owner you forget all that and all of a sudden you kind of realize I've worked 16 hours a day and like, where has my time gone? Mm. Hold oh, yeah. on, I've been doing this for three years and I've been mm-hmm. doing 16 hour shifts for three years and, but you don't have that f- kind of purpose, do you? Mm. For me, that was for me anyway.
1: Yeah, definitely purpose. And I think sometimes time as well. I think sometimes we feel like we're, we're trying to get somewhere and we're going to get there sooner. Then we do, you know, two years, we're making this three years, five years. And it's time doesn't matter. Time is not on your side in that capacity. It doesn't work that way. You know, it is what it is and it will get to where it needs to be depending on the amount of effort and energy that goes behind this. But yeah. time doesn't really matter.
0: I want to bring you on to, um, because this is, this is probably really down your lane of what you do now. And this mm. is, I want to paint a little bit of context into this before I go into it. Um, but it's about developing a resilient mindset. Okay. One of the biggest things that I see with a lot of coaches, and again, this is from talking to a lot of people and my own experiences, is how to be more resilient because there's so many coaches that are far, they're so scared about what other people think. They're scared about putting their ideas out there in case they get trolled online or they get haters and, and all this type of thing. And I want to put my own experience in this because this actually happened to me um wasn't that long ago and i put a port i've been in this group for about six months as uh, a personal training group i've been i don't spend loads of time but i go in now and again and what i do is i'll have some advice and i'll give my thing and i'll talk to people within the group i don't post much in it um and anyway and i posted up i put this post up it was a while ago a couple months ago now and i, I come up it was, it was something like what do you think the three de- the three best development qualities of a business owner is or a personal trainer i can't remember exactly what i put in there and the only way I can describe it is like standing in a schoolyard and getting jumped by about three or four people. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, I got I got absolutely – what I'd done is on my post, I'd spelled business differently. I'd actually spelled it B-I-Z. Um, yeah, just for a
1: short one, biz.
0: But yeah, and, and, and basically I got, I got hammered. and I'm all right with that. You know, I'm cool with that. But one of the things that really got to me was – we didn't actually get – it was the fact that this guy had – He went on a bit of a rampage uh, about how he gets kicks online for trolling people like me. Like what he was saying, he wasn't listening. He wasn't having a debate with me or a discussion, but it was the words that he used about he gets he gets a kick out of trolling people online. And I thought Mm -hmm. that's not right. Like it doesn't matter what anybody is selling, what anybody is doing in life. If Mm -hmm. you were trolling people, then there's another human being on the end of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the seller, if you don't agree with that's fine, but either have a discussion about it, you know, content disagreement, that is a big part of, you know, you standing out, it's like, well, yeah, I can see kind of what you're doing, but I do it this way because of that reason. You end up, you have a debate, you have a discussion, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of, you you go your own way. And (laughs) but this guy was just so, he went on a massive rampage about trolling people. So Mm -hmm. I went in and said, look, when you're trolling people, that's a form of bullying. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what that person's doing, that is bullying. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, it's, this is what a lot of, personal trainers are scared to put themselves out there because of that exact reason you know they're Mm. scared in case they say something wrong and somebody jumps down the throat or they're scared Mm. of maybe not being 100 percent correct you Mm. know what advice would you give to someone who wants to create a more resilient mindset so
1: all right so let's if we if if we talk about from what from what i know now so as as i'm coaching people now so let's say for example right when what is if we were to put something out there let's let's talk about so if we were to put something out there like a post a content a piece of blog what what is the fear what is the fear
0: yeah what i mean for a lot of coaches i suppose it's that. what would people think of us yeah what would people think of me
1: right so what if people don't like it what if people think i'm stupid but if it makes me look silly what's the problem with that it's about self and if it's about everything's only about ourselves, that's unfortunately the way we are wired. So as we as a human being, right, is basically in their mind is weighing up the what might happen. Their mind and their brain is predicting. If I put this out, what might happen? Now we're predicting only threats, aren't we? So we're predicting the threat response, the fight or flight. We're never predicting how excited people are going to be by reading our content. We're never predicting how much this could change somebody's life. We're never predicting how many people it serves. We only predict how it will affect our sense of self if we are rejected by this post, if we're not approved by this post, if people don't appreciate what we've put out. So behind that feeling there, there's a fight or flight response threat. Now I'm looking for threats. So my mind and my life is not going to want me to do something that puts me in a position where my sense of self will be affected. So what does what goes under that? So the next layer under that is basically self-worth, sense of self. Now, what is happening is the person who is about to post doesn't have a strong enough sense of self. They don't, they, they don't feel... Secure enough in themselves. And why would they? At some point in their life, they were they were kicked. They were knocked. They were something was said to them. Some something affected them. At some point in their youth, whatever moment it was, there was an there was an idea created. That person created an idea that they weren't good enough. Maybe, maybe they were asked to read in front of a class and they, they said the first sentence wrong, and people laughed. Maybe they were asked to do a swimming at school, and 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 they weren't picked for the team. Whatever, straight away they now believe that they aren't good enough, which then transcends itself all the way through their whole entire life to the point when it means putting myself out there. I don't feel good enough, worthy enough, accepted, and if I hold the concept of my self worth very lightly, I don't want anybody to dash it. So people talk about how to be more resilient. Well, you know, like fuck the haters and do this and do that. It's pointless. It's never going to work. What has to happen is a dial back to what came before that moment. Before that moment, there was a blank canvas. Nothing. You didn't have a sense of self in that place. You didn't think about yourself in that way. So you created it. And from that, you created this sense that I'm not good enough. And so this works in everything in life. But before that, there was a blank canvas. And in that canvas, you basically reinforced and rewrote and recircled and underlined and underscored that sense that you aren't good enough. And what we want to do is actually understand that that is your own perception of yourself, which isn't actually true. And we'd want to reshape that perception you have and actually discover what is true. Because if you find that most people, if you dial them into what the reason they won't do something for is always down to how they see themselves. It's got nothing to do with the other people. That literally has zero to do with anybody else. We can't stop people commenting on our stuff. We can't stop people challenging us. We can't change people being assholes to us. This is life. And I'm not the type of person to say, well, you know, or like don't get triggered, like you're gonna get upset, you're gonna get triggered, you're holding the concept of yourself very lightly. But no amount of resilience training will ever improve that. It so comes down re changing re-
0: rechanging your perception of yourself. So you talk about that trigger, and that is like as human beings, you can you can't what you just said that you cannot be un- you can't not get triggered. There's something, whether that lasts a second, whether it lasts a, an hour, yeah. a week, it doesn't matter what it is. Like you will be triggered. What is, what will be the process of someone having someone maybe hate on them, for example? Um, a good example of this is I had a guy on, I um, had Terry on, Terry was on my podcast. I a, a, a put, put the podcast post out last week. And one of the things that Terry got was he was quite, he was quite insecure when he's putting stuff online. And mm-hmm. then one guy actually posted something online about him. He put, he put a photo of himself and he's bald, mm-hmm. right? He's got like a bald head. And um, he'd said, what was it? The, this, this, this guy had come and started slanting him. And he said something about his forehead. being yeah. That guy's got a massive forehead. So he's trying to pull Terry down. And mm-hmm. Terry looked at the post and said, that guy has spelled forehead with the number four like what was number four we spelt like for f-o-u-r head mm-hmm. so then then he says well, actually that did you not realize that i'm bald he says that's not my forehead my four Let's think that's my head, right. my head's bald. <laughs> that's my head. <laughs> what he does he kind of reframed that and thought do you know what like this guy knows he's trying to pull me down mm-hmm. and he can't even spell forehead he doesn't know the difference between my head, at the front of my head and the back of my head. So he totally reframed that and he used that to actually his advantage. Hi, just you here, jumping in real quick. Let me ask you a quick question. Are you serious about building and growing a personal training or a health coaching business? Because if you are, then I have a free gift for you. See, the biggest thing that holds people back is the mindset. It's the limiting beliefs, it's the self-doubt. It's these things that really get into your head and stop you from progressing forward is self-sabotage. And what I have a free gift is a seven mindset blocks stopping you from getting clients. In here, I'm going to give you the three biggest things you need to develop a successful business: confidence, clarity, which in the end is going to bring you clients. Clients are the lifeblood of your business. So if you want to get this sorted now, then download my free guide. The link is in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So go back to my question: What would you do as as like a trigger? What could you for someone who, who could be maybe easily triggered, what advice could you give somebody? You know, so maybe they put a post out and someone does say something, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'd want to know why that triggered you for. Well, I guess first and, for, first and foremost, the first thing is to acknowledge that it has upset you. We're using a word like triggered. It upset you. It emotionally affected you. You felt sad. You felt disappointed. The more you keep trying to layer words in that, are unpersonal the more challenging this could be going to become because it's okay see this is what people don't understand it's okay to feel triggered it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel upset it's okay for you to feel fucking. i feel a bit rejected there not to insane it but you must meet yourself with compassion because you're a human being at the end of the day you're not a machine and you're not a robot and for as long as you try to build up the force fields to bat all that stuff out, it will also mean it will affect you with other emotional parts of your life. So it doesn't work. So you meet yourself with a bit of compassion here. Yeah, I feel a bit, this has triggered me. This has upset me. Okay, that's okay. I'm human. Give yourself some time. Don't go straight back into a response. Don't go straight back and do anything. Take a step back, breathe, create space. Space from that in you. The next thing is to just ask, why? Why is that triggered me? If you put the attention to why that person wrote that post, you have no idea what life they had. You don't know who they are. You don't know what life they had. You don't know what upbringing they have. You know nothing about them. It's a waste of time. But if you step away and you go, why did that upset me? Why did that affect me? What was it about it? What was it about that one thing that is actually some form sort of mirror to my sense of self that I might not be fully strong on. Because I tell you now, people understand this, there's a lesson to be learned in every time you get triggered by somebody else. It's not about them. These people out there, right? Do do I think this is a form bullying? Yeah. Do I think it's disgraceful? Yeah. But I also think that there's a perfect opportunity for everybody to learn from this. So whatever somebody says and upsets you, it's a perfect lesson for you to learn why and what is it in your character that you may not be fully accepting of or you've avoided or you could grow through and that's the process for me
0: yeah no I agree with that totally it's it's um asking yourself questions isn't it and yeah man why was i triggered by that yeah and then just reflect and not sure. don't why why jump back on and hit the response
1: yeah Come away, reflect, spend time. This other human being who's wrote this obviously doesn't reflect or have time to think about their actions. What a shame that they're not self-aware, but you do. So if you meet yourself with a bit compassion, take a breath, step away from it, create some space, then reflect on it when you've come down a little bit and just investigate to yourself. There could be an amazing lesson there to learn about
0: personal growth. So, if we're just touching that growth there, but the people sitting here now, they could be listening to this and thinking, oh, great, that's, you know, there's also the people sitting there probably thinking, well, I want to, I'm, I'm, I want to do this thing. And like, I want to, I, I want to get myself out there. I want to do this thing. I mean, have you been there yourself? I know I have when you just, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, to press play. I'm not going to do it. And then, but you yeah. want to do it. Like, what would you say to that person? If they're kind of sitting there now and they're dying to do it. How do you get past that little bit of, How do you develop that courage, that little bit of courage just to get you over that little hurdle, just to go for that thing that's either in your mind it's an idea or, you know, it's it's whatever it is. It's just that little bit that you know that's going to push you that little bit further on.
1: Yeah. So, and for the record, yes, I think we've all experienced that where we have that little blockage moment of like, I really want to do this, but I don't know how – I don't know how to get over that hurdle or what to do or, you know, it still comes back to you, right? Never forget that language at the front end has got nothing to do with it and it's all due to your sense of self, right? Always has done, always will do. Like when I wanted to do this performance coaching, I was like, well, how am I going to do it? Who's going to listen to me? How do I get myself out there? That's just language, man. That's no truth in any of that. It's just words, right? So the key here. Is there almost has to be this little moment by stop thinking about you and start thinking about how you're going to start contributing to society. Everything is about what I want, I want this, I want that. Now, we've let's say we've you, you, you work with this person, Kia, and they've, they've, they've identified this is the life that I want. Amazing, that's there. It no longer matters about what you want, what matters now is how you will serve how you will contribute, and who do you need to be to make that happen? Now, if it can't be you, then become somebody else to make it happen, but it's gotta happen. Listen to what I said there, right? Who do I wanna serve about them? How will I contribute about them? Most important things, not thinking about yourself. And who do I need to be to make that happen? Because if you don't feel you're enough right now, then just become somebody that you think is, or somebody else that you think is enough, and be them until you start putting it out there. And it's, it's, it's almost like it starts to... T- People need to take the light off themselves. They have this shining light about pulling up all their insecurities and fears and adequacies. Get that off you, put it out into the world. How can I make a difference? How can I make an impact? If one person reads this blog or watches this video, it'll help them change their life. Just think about that. That is how you go for literally, you can do all the underlying limiting beliefs that you want. You've got a true sense of where it all comes from. And then there's there's this little gap, which is that leap of faith that you talk about, that little courage, that little jump you're going to have to take.
0: And that's that. So do you kind of consider this like the role model mindset type of way of thinking? You know, it's like putting... Like saying, you know what? If I can't do it for me, then I'll do it for this person here. Mm -hmm. You're doing that. You've been the role model. What kind of person does that, what does that person need me to be? What kind of person does that person need me to be? So Mm -hmm. I can be a leader, Mm -hmm. a role model to Mm -hmm. them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There has to be, there has to be a moment where you've got to get over
1: yourself. And there's, that's the gap bit, that little courage bit, actually the courage is to get over, over yourself. To get over yourself means then I can be, I'm no longer in my way to be of benefit to the world. And so whose life can I benefit from this? Who can I make a difference to? How can I share this message?
0: I suppose in that respect, and the person who is having that struggle is like, who do I want to be in the future? I may not be that person now. Who do I want to be? Like, If I was that person, what would that person be doing right now to get over that hurdle? So they've got to kind of create a future self donor They've got to create the identity of somebody, somebody else who they want to be in the future, and then be that person, even though they're not that person.
1: Well, you know what? They are that person deep down. They're just, they're just in their own way. So they've always been that person. Like you and I and every single person who will listen to this have more to give this world than they ever thought possible, right? Now, there's... We Too often, mate, we are people, right, who are always out there trying to fix and do shit for the world. And the world doesn't need more people to do shit for it. The world needs more people who are at peace with who they are and come to this life with more love and compassion for the world. And if you do that, and I'm talking about hippie stuff here, talking about love and compassion, about giving out to the world and be at peace with who you are, you are no longer in your way. Each one of us has the... There's so much to give. But the only thing standing in our way is these insecurities that we see of ourselves, these judgments we have of ourselves. So the person you actually want to be is the person you have always been. You just, in a, your sense of self is in the way. So that person you see in the future, you'll look at traits, mate, of people who you like and who you're inspired by well, then traits will be already in you anyway. You just shut the shut off. There's a reason why we're inspired by certain people, why we like certain things. So it's already in us.
0: Who inspires you? Me. Yeah. Who do you... Who, we all look up to someone, right? We all look up to... Uh, uh, like I say, you were inspired by different people. Maybe, maybe it's just, you don't want to be that person, but you want to maybe develop some quality of that person. You think, Do you know what? I would love to aspire to be somebody like that. Who is it for you?
1: Well, I don't aspire to be them. I, I am inspiration is from myself. So I am, I inspire to be the best version of myself. There's nobody else that I'd rather be or want to be, just want to be me. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that's a true fact of life, that I am who I want to be and will continue to be that. Who I like the work of, there's a few coaches out there that I love the work of. I love Steve Chandler, uh, Steve Hardison, um, and who and who else are I reading at the minute? Can't remember, but I'll remember at some point. Maybe I'll share it with you later. But these people, because they they're just giving to the world and serving the world and being at peace with who they are. And know if the more we can get to that stage, the more impact every coach will have. Because you just because you imagine this, right? You've got coaches out there, mate. You'll have people who are around you watch this podcast who've got like a, a, an amazing book in them, an amazing podcast in them, an amazing way of training people. And you just said yourself, they're not go, they're not putting it out there, they're not getting it out there. Well, what's what 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 is stopping that? They, they're not walking into their greatness of who they are able to be right now. And actually, the real thing we can do is actually be inspired by who we could become. What are we capable of? If I am all that I am,
0: yeah, I love that journey. It's an amazing journey. Most powerful it is, and I think you know you touched on something there about you know putting that podcast out there, writing that book, doing that thing. I think a lot of people. The doubt themselves that they can actually do that. But what you're saying, and I, I 100% agree is that we all have this uniqueness. We all mm-hmm. have this difference that we can add something different to the world. We can give our own unique take on it. We solve problems in a different way. We have this greatness that mm-hmm. makes, that a lot of people think is a weakness, but it's actually a strength. You know, yeah. you, and I always encourage people to look at the creative, what I call the creative genius. Like this mm-hmm. is not genius, like Albert Einstein genius. or that guy was a genius, but you have that something inside of us that, Maybe inspires us to do something. I like personally, I like writing. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd ever say that after nine years of working in a factory and writing nothing but my name. And the date <laughs> i have been in for nine years, I didn't even know I could write until I started writing. And I was like, wow, I actually love this. And I found like I love podcasting as well. Like, they're the two things that I, I love to do. I never thought I would do that until mm-hmm. I explored it. And mm-hmm. that, that that's what I, I want to inspire more coaches. And I want to bring a question to you now about coaches, actually. But this is what I want to inspire more coaches to do, to explore that in the greatness. So how can I do this? How can I be more than just a, a trainer mm-hmm. in the gym? Like, wow. And that brings us back to my question. What Let I was me just talking. add one touch on at the end of that before yeah. you ask
1: huh? the question.
0: Right? Answer this. How
1: can you not be great? Exactly. There's only you in this world and you're one out of eight billion and I'm one out of eight billion. So how can we not be great it's total, it's total ridiculous to think that we, we, we are that unique in this world that we all have something to offer, some greatness, some genius, something of value. There's only one of you
0: in the Out the billion. How amazing is that? That's a miracle, mate. It absolutely so is. Is it one in 14 billion chance of you being born who you were? Like one hey. in 14 billion? Uh-huh. And, and you're going to let a little thing
1: like a bit of insecurity get in your way, get out of here, man.
0: That's get it. And that's it. But I think it's the support though, isn't it? The support and yeah. guidance of having people who believe in you. That's the thing. If you're surrounded by people who don't believe in what you're doing, Absolutely. then that is always going to be a factor. This is always going to pull people down. This is why I always say the very first thing you do is surround yourself with people who think like you, or they have the same type of aspirations as you. Yeah. You Know who mommies want more from life or actually believe in what you're doing? Like, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of clients that I get through, one of the most things, as I say, is people think it's a hobby like, my, my husband or my wife or my whatever it is, they the think it's a phase that's going to pass. And <laughs> I'm just doing it as a hobby, like, No, this is the this is like one of the best things you can do in the world. Mm-hmm. You're a coach, you're a trainer, To you, You've got people's health in your hands, yeah, like, yeah. that is a privilege. But you know what, you can be such an amazing person to the clients that you teach, that you coach, and that you help on a night. This isn't a hobby. This mm-hmm. is something that can transform not only your life, but somebody else's life. And I yeah, think if people absolutely. could think of that from that respect, then it would bring them more peace and, and more mm-hmm. maybe certainty about themselves and what they can offer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, that, and that's it though isn't it it's like you said it there it's like a privilege and an honor to do what you're doing shine the light on them shine the light the light on people that you can help and the difference you can make not not your own where you're judging yourself for who you're not or where you're not right now in your life if you take that away and just be in them you, you can make a massive difference and you're right you put people are going here's my health help me. Is it not a greater thing in the world to do than help another human being? I, I'm I'm lost to you if it isn't.
0: Yeah, it, it I'm,
1: is. I'm, it, looking up the people in the world who are billionaires, but they do nothing for society, that is not inspiring for me. Inspiring people are people who make a difference to people's
0: lives. And if that's one person or one billion, that's a, that's a great human being. Exactly. But then I think if you look at all the greats of the world, if you look at the likes of um, you know, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. You know, people look at all these people and think, oh, they've got loads of money, but they give so much back. Like Bill it's Gates giving. gives like millions and millions of pounds back into society. Look at like Arnie. Arnie was a really successful guy, and you know, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to get into his story kind of another time, uh, because I think his journey is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know, he gives one of the, one of his six principles is give give something back to community. Mm-hmm. Like give something back, and and he gives millions of pounds away as well, with dollars. Yeah.
1: And yeah,
0: it's all about giving back and changing somebody else's life, because that gives you the most fulfillment yeah. for me ever, you know, whether that starts with your family at home yeah. or it starts with your next door neighbor, it doesn't matter. But yeah. just giving something to help somebody else creates so much fulfillment, but that mm-hmm. kind of expands, doesn't it? And Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, it's absolutely right. Like being, being, a, a serving the community or people like, of course I, uh, we're talking about like, you've got to, you've got to eat first, you've got to take care of you and you will take care of your family and those in your circle. That's absolutely fine. And then you can transport that out, whether or not that's time or energy or finances or resources to other people that may be in greater need than what we have. Imagine that man, just like if everybody just gave rather than took.
0: That's it. I- there was the, a the thing on Facebook. I said, not that I spend much time on Facebook, but sometimes I'll I'll be, I'll be on it and I'll post and something will come. Like anyway, there was this um someone who posted a video and it was this little old woman. I don't know, you might have seen it. This little, little woman standing on like a, the, the zebra crossing and she's waiting across and all these cars are flying past, right? And then these, I don't know whether the Hells Angels are they're just big bikers and they all kind of pull up and they just stop. This massive guy gets off his bike and he helps this little old woman across the road.
1: Seen it? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Like,
0: they, that is it. That is, that is. That's helping somebody. Mm-hmm. Dude, no, I I, that. Do
1: you know, right? There's a woman out there. I don't know. I think she travels around the world, and she people come to visit, and she just gives them hugs. People line up, and she just gives them a hug, and people crying, and and, and she's giving out love, like hug, like genuinely giving it though, to another human being. Well, look at that. Mm-hmm. What, what what is not possible? And if people are queuing for this, people needing this type of affection or appreciation or gratitude in the world.
0: I do, do, and I can't remember who it was now, but it was it was, it was going back a while ago and they were asked hey, what this person does, the smile, everybody they see, the smile at them. Yeah. Why do you do that and say, do you know what? Like I could smile a hundred people in a day and 99 people might not smile back, but that one person who does, they might've had thoughts in the mind that they were gonna end their life or whatever it is. And if I make that one person happy and smile, that could change their perspective for the day. And for the rest of their life, just because I was beautiful. I, I give a smile. And I thought that is really powerful.
1: Beautiful. And do you know what? That just really just segues into what we we're saying before about the, the coach or the PT who's concerned about them themselves or be rejected and of stuff out there. Don't worry about the hundred people that don't read it. But that one person who reads it might make all the difference to their life. Like you say, it could change their life, save their life, impact their life, and you never know. But that's amazing. So it's it's about getting over your own fear and, and and your own worry about like not being enough, and just accepting that you've
0: always been enough. You were born enough, and you can make a difference. I got an I got an email. It was um it was like I I I'm very I'm always on top of my emails. I always send emails every week to my list, and there was a lady in particular. She actually messaged me. It was after probably lockdown three or four, however many we've had now. And one of the things she said was she never, ever responded to any of my emails. And mm-hmm. she responded one day to this. She said, I just want to thank you for everything that you, all your emails that you've been sending through lockdown. She said, She'll never know how much like yours, because I just, I, I tell people the truth. I On my emails, I just tell people how it is. And I tell mm-hmm. them things that I'm struggling with or things that's going on in my life. Um, and she just sent she said, your story has just been so, inspirational to me personally because they've really helped me through lockdown i thought do you know what is that is amazing like i didn't have no idea who this person was on my list until she actually emailed me and she's Mm -hmm. been open every single email that i sent and they were helping her through lockdown i had no idea until she sent me that email kind of 12 months later
1: fantastic dear. No, you just don't know. And that's amazing, man. What an amazing, like, and and, and amazing for her to also step forward and say that to you as well, because a lot of times people don't and it's nice to get that feedback and it's reciprocating the gratitude going back through. So you're giving out and then they're closing that loop a little bit, which is
0: beautiful. Amazing, mate. Well done to you. So let's touch on that um, trainer slash coach. This is something that I do talk a lot about. A difference between like being a trainer and being a coach, you touched on the very beginning about how you transition to being a coach. Mm-hmm. What difference do you see between being a trainer and coach?
1: Okay. So, being a trainer is more often than not telling somebody what to do. It's, you're training somebody, you're teaching them something, you're educating them something. This is the squat, this is how we do it. This is. You know how to um, manage your diet, nutrition. This is what we want to do. And there's a lot of emphasis on the teaching and telling point. Fantastic it has its place. Coaching is is less about telling and more about observation. An outside objective. It's about the client arriving at a point of awareness for themselves that you didn't give them, but you might you might have helped them get there by asking questions, open-ended, being curious about where they are, um, reflecting back what they've said, diving into maybe picking up on on a word or phrase he said and then sharing that back. Coaching is almost like mirroring. You're mirroring the other person and what they do. And more importantly than not, you're holding a space, the space for that person to create an awareness that they didn't have about themselves or the way they see their life and world. And by doing so, so you didn't tell them what it was that they needed, you let them discover it. And there's a lot of ownership and power in that. So I'd say that's the, the two differences.
0: So would you see that as a natural progression?
1: What, being a coach that way? No. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, so a lot of, I see like, a lot of coaches, a lot of trainers on the gym floor like for me, like I realized I really wanted a coach by being a trainer in the gym because I realized I couldn't deliver what I wanted to deliver on the on the gym floor. Like exactly. I knew there was something missing that I needed to give that I couldn't do on the gym floor. So mm-hmm. I seen that to me as a natural progression. Um for me, like to, for me personally, would you see that as well?
1: It was a natural progression for me to, mm-hmm. to go on that, although I did do courses and qualifications to learn how to do it, and then I have become more experienced at doing it through the actual element of doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think everybody can coach. I think it t- you, you've you got to almost, there's a couple of things that you need to have. Is number one, no agenda at all. So you can't have an agenda to turn up to a coaching session. If you have an agenda and I'm already leading the person, I don't want to lead them anywhere. I want them to get there. And the other thing is I must be willing to not respond or wait to my response to a question or focus. I must be open and almost like what i have nothing. So you're just in a place of nothingness. You're just listening and allowing that and then to go, actually, what about, you just said this, what about this? Or about this? Versus going, yeah, when they finish speaking, I'm going to say this. The big difference between them, and that takes a lot. Do you know what that takes, Care A lot of inner peace on your own part and to get through your own stuff to get there. Because I do a lot of work on my own stuff and my own coach my own person that I have to go to, and I say have to, need to, want to as well, to help me clear through all my own stuff. Otherwise, I find it gets in the way of the of the coaching relationship. People don't always recognize the power of coaching and what it does until you've had it. Yeah. And then when you do it. And I didn't, mate, when I first started, I was like, come out the training game. And then I was like, going to the coaching. Then I had some basic understanding. I was like, Shouldn't I be doing more here? Shouldn't we be like setting some big goals here and like you know breaking all this down and let's get a strategy in place here? And I was doing that, that's not really what it is. There's a there's a there's a definite big distinctional difference between the two.
0: Yeah, nice, nicely put. I like that. What if I, 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 I answer it? absolutely no it was great i love that because i think is it it's our natural i do think again not everybody has that natural progression coach and i think I, w- I definitely agree with that you either have it in you or you don't yeah. which i think is maybe not a bad idea to if you are a trainer and you do see yourself more as progression then maybe it's the biz like opening a gym or something mm-hmm. along that lines could be you could be better suited to mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong way mm-hmm. i think just deciding yourself where you want to go with this like do i want to carry on working with people or do mm-hmm. i want to do something different i yeah. think that's the difference but having that clear strategy of certainly it doesn't have to be kind of 100 but just having that clear a direction of where you want to go so at least you can paint that future and say do yeah. you know what i want to be this kind of coach in five years time these yeah. are the kind of people that i want to work with or do you know mm-hmm. what I hate actually coaching and I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be with people. I don't want to be with people. That's okay. But some yeah. people aren't. That's the thing. Some people actually you guys don't enjoy working with people until they do it and think, I don't enjoy this. And that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You're just accepting it and saying, All right, I tried it, didn't like it. This is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you kind of got to do it, haven't you? You kind of got to go through all the, the process of trying all those things to really figure out what it is that you enjoy.
0: But that's, that's a part of the journey, isn't it? You know, it's self-discovery because you are figuring things out about yourself. You think, do you know what? Mm. I thought I would love working with people. And I actually hate it. I've just learned something about myself. Okay. Mm. Now what are my options? Or actually I love working with people. You know, I don't want to build this gym anymore. I want to go down this way. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You just learn something bad about yourself. Don't say it as failure. Don't mm-hmm. say it as like, oh man, I've done all this work. No, you know that all that work was designed to put you there and make that decision at that particular time. That's some, what i
1: Yeah. Some people would say it was designed for us beforehand, if you want to get all into that. But yeah, it's absolutely true. It's almost architected, like it's created for us to do this, this path and we just walk it almost. And it's like, do I choose that one or that one? But it's still always been there. And everything we do is for a reason.
0: It's almost,
1: yeah, but- you, ha- you have to go, you have to walk it. People want to miss that part out and just get straight to success. But there's an element of actually discovery and investigation that goes through all these processes of like, I like that, but I didn't like that. I try this, and try that. It's like, f- find your favorite ice cream, mate. You've got to try them all, haven't you? you know?
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. How do you know you don't like vanilla? How do you know you don't like strawberry flavored ice cream if you've never tasted it? It might be the best flavor in the world exactly to you which is what matters exactly yeah benjamin hardy have you heard of benjamin hardy Mm. he's he's, he's an amazing guy i love his work i'm reading his book at the It's called um personality isn't permanent and one of the things he says is psychology He's an organizational psychologist but one of the things he says is your past happens for you not to you yeah i think that's a powerful thing it's like your past hasn't happened again like your past happened for you to take Mm -hmm. you kind of where you're at so now you can go and do this Mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's such a good way of, of, of reframing it
1: and and i love that, that even the title of the book Your personality is impermanent and that is that is 100 true mm-hmm. i think that personality is permanent i am this way i am this type of person i am an imposter i am an introvert i'm shy i'm yeah. outgoing, funny you're none of those you are whoever you decide and create yourself to be and whichever ones you latch into and at any point you're able to either let that go or go in deeper, because nothing is permanent. The blank canvas was already there at the beginning, and then we decided to write all over it. Yeah. And we can always go back and change things if we want to.
0: That's it. And one of the biggest things he says is he, he's massively against all these like psychometric testings and things. And he's saying like people, are, if you're doing all these testings, it's it's people are saying like, you're this kind of person. So then you fall into that category and say, why do you want to fall into a category when you can change it? You have the ability to be whoever you want to be in life. You know yeah. it's, it, it's So don't let anyone tell you you can't do something or you are something or put yourself into a category and you could never change it. That's... I'm going to have to read this book, mate, because I say that
1: all the time. It riles me. Oh, we did this uh, site test now. I'm this type of person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you are not any type of person. Do never define yourself in that put-in-the-box because what you're doing is this is, this is one-on-one. You think you have a problem which you don't, and you never did, and you've just reinforced that. Oh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, an imposter. I've got imposter syndrome. What? No, you don't, and you never did. You. you you feel uncertain, your threat response goes off when you go into a new environment, same as every single human being on the planet. But if you want to label yourself that, guess what you've just done? Reinforce the fact that you think you have a problem and that's going to now shape shaping the way you live life instead of actually investigating and going, well, wouldn't it be normal to feel uncertain and doubtful in a new environment where I've never been before? This would be normal to feel this. And I don't have to put a label on it. I can just spend time being okay with this, dealing with it and moving forward. But if I reinforce the fact that I think I've got a problem, now I've got a problem, yeah. which never existed in the first place. And that's the problem with these things.
0: It is. Um, it's it's um, That's a lot, like I said, I love his work. That's very much how the way he thinks. And he, you know, he backs everything up with science. He's very Good. science. He's, he's a, a psychologist, you know, that's, that's what he does. Um, but his works i mean he does loads of youtube he's actually started off writing blogs and mm. he's got the best i think it was the, the highest gross in blogging i think it was 2015 or something but now he's got a lot of books out um he does loads of youtube videos which are really good they're really motivating mm. um, but inspiring as well uh, you know the kind of, the, he backs it up with a lot of science and he's good he's all about creating the future self that's his principles creating the future self which right, yeah Brings us to a question: What advice would you give to a startup, somebody who just come into the personal training world now? Maybe it's the listeners and thinking it's something I really want to do. What advice would you give to a startup personal trainer who they're already qualified? Yeah, just say, say they're qualified, I, I do come across a lot of quali- new, newly qualified personal trainers. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they have that maybe that imposter fa- imposter syndrome kind of phase where they're coming to something new. Um, mm-hmm. They're not quite sure where to go again. You do your qualification, you're given all the uh, information, but you're not actually given any direction or business knowledge or anything other than what a personal trainer should know. Mm-hmm. anatomy and physiology it doesn't really give you a lot of work on does it no it doesn't really give you the keys to start getting some clients no it gives you more questions and it does answers mm-hmm. but what would you what advice would you give to someone just starting into it what would you say when the company said david i'm just starting out what advice would you give us just you know one piece of advice
1: focus on getting one client focus on just getting one client one person people think in a number of plurals gotta get clients and with that, instantly create stress and overwhelm instantaneously. Can't because your mind doesn't think that way. Can't focus on multiples. Can only focus on one thing at a time. So if we start creating an overwhelmed mind because we focus on an amount, got to write blogs, got to do videos, got to do all this. So it doesn't matter. One person, you only need one client. Get one client and you'll build your business through that one client because it's about building through who they know, who they're friends with, who they associate with. And when you have one person, you literally focus on creating great results with that one human being. And before you know it, you get another one, and you get another one, and guess what? You can only become a better personal trainer, less of an imposter, the more you train people. Mm-hmm. Because you have to create experience, and there's no, there's no books, there's no courses, there's nothing that will tell you how to get there. Now, the other side of the coin is you could also say, well, you could hire a coach. But I'm assuming this person doesn't have much money, although I shouldn't always, but they don't have any clients yet. So the key is to actually get great at your craft. People want to really make money and become about business, but you really want to get great at your craft first to become a more skilled personal trainer or coach. So get one person, build your business through that one person, become more adapted at what you do, and then as you start to scale that up over time, then you can start looking at the other elements that would help you, you know, putting content out there, building a business out there, doing other avenues out there, hiring a coach to help you develop further as a human being. Yeah, what I'd say.
0: Yeah, like it. So the other one then, what would advice would you give us someone who was stuck? Now, again, I see this a lot where people you know the start off for a particular reason. No, maybe they have, maybe they've got a strong, why at the beginning they got into it for this reason, they get sort of three, four, five years down the line. Mm-hmm. And then they start to lose confidence. I and mean, then again, I, I've, I've, got a client at the minute who um she's been in for five years and she just totally lost her confidence. She actually left the industry because she lost all of her confidence. Now she's back in which she's been working with me and she's totally developed. Like she's, she's just got this newfound, just inspiration because of what we've been doing. So, If you had someone like that, what advice would you give to that person? It depends on why they're stuck though. So it's maybe someone who just lost a lot of confidence in what they've done. Um, Again, yeah, I agree. It depends on why they're stuck, but maybe someone who has been into it, they've seen some success, but they've got that point where they're just not feeling fulfilled or.
1: Is it because it hasn't worked out the way they thought it would? Yeah, potentially. Because that's often what can happen for people. We talked about it earlier, time. I think I should be further forward and further on than I am.
0: Uh-huh.
1: What that does is, it starts to like, let's look, people can be stuck for a million different reasons, but let's just take that one example. Cause you, if, I don't think there's a one, one, like one solution to that because stuck could be for many, many different reasons. But let's say we went down the route of, which is a classic. I think or thought that I should be further forward than I am. Right. Right. Well, you've just gone against that reality. So what you've just done is now you've created stress and the worst thing, pressure. And by creating stress and pressure, what you are is now a conflict with what is. And so every time you do something, you bring stress and pressure to the situation, which ultimately then doesn't always give you the best outcome. And over time, you start to look inward and erodes your sense of self. And because you think you should have been somewhere where you're not, which is mental because you can't be anywhere other than where you are because it's exactly where you are. And that's like the the biggest factor because people are always trying to get into a future that they think is better than the now. It's the big Mm -hmm. dichotomy for human beings. And there's nothing there for you because the future does not exist. So if we start to think to ourselves, well, I should be further forward and now I'm not, now I've put pressure, judgment, and ridicule to that. So now I'm going to start going, fuck, it must be me. I must be the problem. i must ha- lacking something in life. I must, must be at a deficit in me because I said that I should be there. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. There never was. What was incorrect was you thought you could manipulate time to your advantage, and you can't. You will be where you will be because that's where you are. And no amount of time lineage means longer, means better, or further forward or more successful. It just doesn't. Yeah. So I always say to people, you need to forget like get out of setting goals, like get away from setting goals with this time frame orientation and start thinking about where you're coming from. I'm coming from here this is who i am this is how i serve this is how i show up and this is what i do because every day my friend is a new day to recreate that but every day that you set a goal with a time frame in the future is a day further away for you and you're chasing rather than coming so you're chasing rather than coming from and that over time 100% erodes people's self belief
0: yeah no i uh, that that's a great answer really great answer now, again, what you're saying is a lot of people could be stuck for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I think always coming back into discovering that purpose, I think always you know it changes over time, doesn't it? What your purpose is now will be different in five years' time, It'll be different in ten years' time. Life changes. It's meant to. Yeah, exactly. It's a growth and, it's journey.
1: Yes, your purpose, purpose is always exactly. And then, then then I think people like miss that as like, a, I don't have a purpose right now, or you know, I need one. Well. Purpose is revealed when you reveal who you are to yourself. So actually, the more you understand who you are and the more you go through your own journey to reveal more of yourself through life, your purpose will then be revealed and that new purpose will be where you are in your life. So what you had in your 20s won't be the same in your 30s, won't be the same in your 40s or 50s or even 60s because it has to naturally evolve
0: with the discovery or, Alex, revealing to you who you really are. Yeah. Nice which is going to finish off quite nicely now thinking what I'm going to ask you now, because you've already answered this question, but I'm very, <laughs> curious. I'm very, right. curious. You, haven't, you haven't answered in this one. You answered it on the first podcast, but I'm very curious because I think this changes a lot in people's lives and it means something different to everybody. And I love getting people's um, opinions on this and how they feel about it, because it is different for everybody. And, you know, a lot of people just focus on the one thing, generally money is a metric. You no, know, if I just focus on money, I can get this, this, and this. It's like, if you just use that as a, a byproduct of what you're doing, then you'd be so much happier. So this is a question. What does freedom mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> I you asked me this last time. Yes, you did. I'm interested in right. what it is now. Freedom, freedom for me right
1: now means fr- like inner, inner freedom, inner peace. And, and basically means that I no longer... Or if I do come up against it, that I'm able to get through it, which means I'm free to be who I am, be my authentic self, be at peace with who I am and be able to do the things that I desire to do without my limiting beliefs or stories about myself getting in the way. And true freedom for me is the ability to do those things. It has nothing to do with time, nothing to do with money, it has to do with that. I don't even think that's the same answer as last time
0: but it changes and that's what I love about it because it. it's will you check it for us I will I will I'll go back and I'll it check it to be the it. same answer or maybe I've just articulated it better this time
1: because <laughs> I think I, I did think about you know a like lot after the last time and I think like you do evolve through and it's like free. what does freedom mean and I think freedom means inner peace for me ability to be who I am to be free to be and to make free to just be doing rather than can I should I? Am I able to? Is yes. that who I am? Is that enough? Those indecisions are what keeps people like that That trapped, that stuck in feeling of like, I'm not able to move forward. And
0: yeah. like I, I, I see the, the six freedoms in life. And that's kind of the you know, time freedom, financial freedom, uh, spiritual freedom, emotional freedom, creative freedom, and social freedom. And, you know, I think if everybody can... It, it, again it depends what you said there was probably a bit more like the emotional and the spiritual freedom to be who you are authentically without having those self, self-limiting beliefs and self-doubts that is such a huge sense of freedom isn't it because again you become and you an, 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 an become at peace with who you are but mm-hmm. then maybe in time you think you know what i want to create more of this freedom in my life i want to be more creative i want to do something that i'm inspired by like at the minute someone might not be doing the actual work that they love. Maybe that's something that they need to, to work towards, but at this moment in time, it could be, do you know what? I want to create this type of social freedom where I'm not worried about what other people think. I don't think that I should be, I don't need to follow expectations and that could be a big move for somebody. And that's all that could be. Then once I've achieved that, I could be like, do you know what? I want to, I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book or I want to do whatever I want to be and let my creative freedom come out. And That's why I love that question because Everybody's answer is different, and it's yeah. I've never had one person who says, Well, I just want loads of money. Like, nobody yeah. says that. Very few people say, Well, I want loads of money. It's like, Why? Why do you want loads of money? Everyone says it to so, you know, it's like Terry who I had on. Um, he wanted to, what was Terry's again? Terry's was, um, he wanted the free, I think, I'm sure he was more about creative freedom. And what mm-hmm. actually he's gone on to do since we had the podcast, uh, since done the podcast with him, he was just starting his podcast up, and what we actually discovered through the podcast, which was actually amazing. Was that when he was younger, he wanted to be a DJ. He wanted to be, or it was, no, sorry, he wanted to be a radio. It was either a DJ or a radio host. That's what he wanted to do at Uh a very young age. And he's subconsciously kind of transitioning into doing a podcast. And when we listen, we're talking on the podcast, he says, Terry, you wanted to be this DJ slash radio presenter, and now you're doing a podcast. Like, you've achieved this yourself. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, that is, that is like, Essentially, has his own radio station. His podcast is his own radio Man. station. Now, his radio, his radio station, his podcast, he, he, it's like number four on the charts mm-hmm. um, of his industry, and he's, he's got like something like ten thousand downloads, and he's only been running for two months or three months. Wow, that is That's it. Awesome. It's absolutely exploded. But the difference, he's bringing so much value to his industry because nobody else is doing it, mm-hmm. and it was all because he explored himself and thought, you know what, I'm going to be doing this.
1: Yeah,
0: And I think it's just amazing how you can just do that. And that to him was his, that was his freedom.
1: Yeah. And that's fantastic. And it, and it, and it still comes from freedom in his own mind at the end of the day, because I think all those things are accomplished when we're able to take out those roadblocks that we don't, we're just not aware of, or we're just not even aware of that thing. Do Do you know what I mean? Like he was not aware of that. So he was not fully free. But when it becomes free, everything then becomes available. I think money is always the byproduct anyway. Like do people need and desire and want money? Well, of course they do because that helps life move move a little smoother if you want. (laughs) A little bit more opportunity gives you a little bit more space to to help your family, to help others, to serve, to to give the life that you desire as well, to even enhance what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's always the byproduct. Of everything else. It, it it has to be, you know. And that's what I was saying to you right at the beginning. Like, people will always come in, like, with the sense of like, I don't I'm not making the money I want, I'm not where I want to be, you know, my life's not where I want it to be. I'm not on purpose. That is just an access point to actually what is going on underneath. Because none of that is true. I mean, it feels true to you in the moment. And we've created a problem around it. But actually, when you go through all of that and dial back, there's a lot, there's the understuff that needs to be taken care of to then allow the freedom in those parts of life.
0: Absolutely. It's it's a constant journey, isn't it?
1: Well, mate, right? This is the thing, right? What's the
0: end? Death. There you go. That is it. Death is the end. We're all going one way at the end. So our paths
1: might all be wide as this, but the end point is this. And it is the end of life or the end of our physical being, if you want. So we all go in that way. So the journey only ends when you take your last breath. Absolutely. There's no, there's no like, this is why I always talk to people about this as well, mate. Like, I'll I'll be happy when I'm there. I need to just get there first. Once I'm at that point, then everything will be fine. There is no point there. There is no end point. There is no getting to anywhere. There is here and now. Your past no longer exists anymore. It is done. Can't look there and go, oh, yeah, now there it is. It's coming with us. It's finished. And there's nothing tomorrow because it hasn't even started yet. So there is only here. And that's the magic of what you can do right in this moment in this next minute or next hour of your life to do something remarkable. Something that you never thought you could do in this moment, not waiting till a point in the future, not waiting till you feel more confident, not waiting till you feel happier, not waiting till
0: you've got more money now. And that's all we have. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can just be who you are today and then 1% improvement every single day will take you to wherever you want to be. That's the way that I look at it. 1% improvement every single day. I look to get a little bit better, whatever that is for you, you know, whether that's with your health, with your business, with your family, it doesn't matter. It's just 1% improvement in the direction that you want to go will compound over time and then you'll be mm-hmm. more fulfilled, you'll be happier, you'll have more freedom in your life, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. So, and that there
1: is really a thing of beauty, isn't it? Because that is the purpose, I guess, is to be all that you are capable of to do that you all that you are all capable of doing, then that's really the purpose. And whatever that might be, whatever area or industry or part of the world you place that in, that is it. So you constantly leveling up the way that you see yourself and your mindset and, and, and becoming more aware of everything then gives you the freedom to pursue all the purposes that you want and all the directions and passions that you want to, to make a difference to your life and those around you. And, that's, and that is the journey that we will all be on should we want to un- undertake it, mate. Awesome. Perfect, mate. Thank you again for having me on.
0: Thank you for coming on. That was amazing. Um, I hope a lot of people, I'm sure they will, get a lot of value from that. But just before you go, David, where could people find you?
1: Yeah, so website is iamdavidwilkinson.com. So if you go to my website, iamdavidwilkinson.com. It's got my blogs on there, got what I do on there, services on there, a little bit about me on there. Um for social media content, I'd got a uh, Instagram, David Wilkinson Coach. Um although I'm not using it that much at the minute, but that's just a temporary thing. Um, it's on there, David Wilkinson Coach or LinkedIn, uh my name, David Wilkinson. And 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 follow me on those things or those channels. And there's all I always share videos, ideas, content, thoughts, posting. So you know, people can take from it what they want the insights are relevant to them
0: awesome so if you listen to this now i'll put all of the links in the show notes so you just need to click on the show notes um, and you can go to and check david's workout so thank you for being on today david again um yeah i been an amazing guest thank you for your time thank you for having me mate. i really appreciate it pal. and good luck with the wedding oh yeah cheers mate i'll need it <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening today if you got some value from this then please play it forward to someone else so they can continue to improve their life, expand their awareness, and use these tools to help them grow. So make sure you copy and paste the link and share with a friend who you think would find it very interesting. If this is your first time here, please hit the subscribe button right now on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening from and leave us a rating or review because every time we get a rating or review, it helps us improve the quality of the show. But more importantly, it helps us spread our own message, impact more lives, and help more people. And that's what I'm all about. Impact more lives so we can grow and be successful in our own right. So thank you for sharing your time with me today and remember everything that has happened so far in your life has led you here. You have a mountain of value right beneath your feet that you can use to impact the lives of others. This is your superpower and as always don't be afraid to think differently and never give up on your dreams.